Turn your books, uh, Bibles, to uh, uh, Jeremiah chapter 18 this morning. I know it's a very familiar passage. I've preached on it again and again, and I, I went through it again. I said, Lord, uh, give me a fresh set of eyes to see something different. Let me look at it a different way. I want to look at it a different way. And if you ask God to show you something different than what it was last time, uh, I guarantee you God will show you something different. And uh, it'll be a blessing. I hope it'll be a blessing. I hope uh, that I've been a blessing to you in, in some way of the messages that have been preached. And I've been preaching the last two or three messages directly at Christians. Usually preachers reserve Sunday morning for those visitors and those who are not saved and preach that type of message. But I, I feel like the messages that I've been preaching here the last two or three Sundays are directed to the Christians to get us ready and prepare ourselves for the second coming of the Lord. Amen. Uh, some may go by the way of grave, uh, uh, then, then some may go by the way of the rapture. Now I'm looking for either way is all right with me. Amen. Either way, if I go by the grave, I'm, I'm happy with that too. I'm not asking to go today, but I'll be happy with it, amen. But uh, I, I want to uh, be ready for the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 18, let us stand, beginning in verse number 1. You know the story. You probably could tell me. But well, let's read it in verse number 1. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. When I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred, that means broken and damaged, in his hands of the potter. So he made it again, underline that, and he made it again, another vessel. And it seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as the potter, this potter, said the Lord, behold, as a day is the potter's hand, so are ye in my hands, O house of Israel. At what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up and pull down and destroy it? If that nation against whom I have pronounced turned their evil ways, I will repent of the evil that I have brought thought to do unto them. And at what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build and to plant it. If it do evil in my sight that it obey not my voice, then I will repent of the good wherewith I stand, I would benefit them. Let us pray. Father, we come before you, Lord. Thank you for all your blessings and all your mercy and all your grace, Lord. We just ask you to touch us, Lord. Lift us up and encourage us. Help us to be what we need to be, Lord. We thank you for the soul that was saved last night, Father. We just ask you to put our heads around it and protect them, Lord. Help us to be now, Lord. Just uh, empty myself and fill, uh, fill me with thy spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You may be seated. This is not a new passage to you, but I want to look at it in a new way this morning. But, uh, but this story is so powerful when you realize who the vessels he's talking about is this morning. You say, well, he's talking about the nation of Israel. Yes, but if you go to the New Testament... Paul likened every person to a vessel, especially a child of God. We have talked about the great house of God. There are several vessels of wood. There are vessels of earth and vessels of gold and silver and stone and some to honor and some to dishonor. 
He talks about in uh, vessels in Romans chapter 9. He talks about the vessels of mercy. He talks about the vessels of wrath. He talks about the vessels uh, 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 fit for the destruction and all kinds of different vessels that he talks about. And, and you realize this morning these are literal vessels that Jeremiah is looking at in this text. They're made of clay. They're made out of dirt of the ground. The same thing, the same stuff that you and I are made out of this morning. Maybe that's why God likens us into vessels. He made us from the dust of the clay of the ground. According to Job this morning, we ain't nothing but dirt. I read one time, if you take the weight of an average man, 170 pounds, I don't know who came up that average. If you take the average weight of a man of 170 pounds and, and you put the same amount of dirt with that, uh, and you would be worth about 15 cents this morning. The clothes that you are wearing cost more than you do. Amen. Job said we made of the dirt this morning. Nothing but a lump of clay. And don't start thinking too much of yourself because you come from dirt and you're going back to dirt. Amen. That's what the Bible tells us. God looks down at, at this lump of clay, this dirt, Jimmy, and says, I love you that I think that I'll die for you. I love you enough to die for you. I, I will uh, give you the best that I have, the best that I've got. We may not be worth much to nobody else but to God sending His only begotten Son into this world to die for you and I. He says, you are worth something to me. When we are made this morning, we come into this world with a purpose so that we may be used by the Master this morning. You know what a vessel is good for? It's meant to hold things. A vessel is meant to hold something that can be poured out on others. And that's what God has planned for every life here this morning. He calls you a vessel. That's what He's planned for you here this morning. God wants to put His Son in you. God wants to give you. And God wants to uh, uh, put His Son inside of you. God wants to start filling you with some things that you can turn around and pour out on others and be a blessing to someone else. God wants you to, He wants to fill you with His Word this morning. He, 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 you, you can't get His Word by osmosis. You can't get His Word by uh, taking this and, and, and putting it up on your pillow and try to sleep on it. I tried that. It don't work that way. You, 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 you got it. Listen, you can't just get it by uh, the preaching, and although that's good, but you can't get it. You've got to take this word. You've got to read this word. You've got to digest this word for yourself. You've got to take what God has laid in front of you and put it inside of you. God wants to fill you up this morning. 
He wants to fill you up with His Word. He wants to fill you up with His grace. He wants to fill you up with His mercy. He wants to fill you up with His power. He wants to fill you up with His love. He wants to fill you up with His Spirit. Be not drunken and weary in excess, but be filled with the Spirit of God. God wants vessels filled up so that in turn they can be a blessing to other people in this world today. How sad so many of God's people of the day they're not filled up with the good things of God. They're filled up with their own sin. They're filled up with their own lust. They're filled up with their own pride. They're filled up with their own bitterness. And that bitterness comes out on other people that hang around them. And you don't take long to tell when somebody's bitter. They're filled up with their own unforgiveness. And it comes out on other people. They're filled with rebellion today. Listen to what I'm telling you. According to the authority of the text that we have just read about a vessel that was broken, that was marred, if you don't choose to get something out of your life, you don't choose to get something that's not right, what God is trying to show you to get out of your life, God will break you in order to get what He wants out of you and to fill you with what He wants inside of you this morning. These vessels had something evil inside of them. And God didn't want it there. And He broke them. So God could reframe, so God could reshape, so God could remold the vessels and put back in the vessels what God wanted in the vessels this morning. Sometimes God has to break us, not to destroy us, but to develop us. Not to hurt us, but to help us. How many of you here this morning sitting here that say, I've gone through some of those breaking processes in my life. I've been through some of those breaking processes by the master potter. And, and looking back now, I, I realize he didn't break me because he was trying to uh, destroy me, but he broke me because he did it because he loved me so much. And he refused to let me stay the way I was. Yes, it hurt. And at times, yes, I, it bothered me. But now I can look back and see how God had, had reshaped me, how he remolded me. Had God had taken those things out of me that it should not have been there and he replaced them with the things that God wanted in me to bring him glory this morning. Sometimes God has to break you this morning. Sometimes he has to break you spiritually to put some things that he wants in you. Sometimes he has to break you uh, uh, physically to get you to a place where you'll listen. Sometimes God has to break you mentally or financially. God breaks in these ways that he can reshape and reform and remold the way he wants you to be. Here in the text this morning, we find that God has in His hands a broken vessel. 
He said that the potter was working on the vessel that he had already made. At one time, this vessel has been made. But this vessel that he has on the wheel has been marred. It has been broken. And now he's reshaping it as it seemed good to the potter. The skillful hand of this potter is working uh, something on this wheel. I, I, I can almost see Jeremiah going down to the potter's house. I, I, I get this vision. My mind goes crazy like this. I, I, sometimes I get this thought that Jeremiah is going down to the potter's house. The word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah said, Go down to the potter's house and I will cause you to hear my words. And when he gets down there, there's this potter that are working on his wheel. I can see Jeremiah looking over the shoulder of this potter and seeing this vessel on the wheel that's been broken. And Jeremiah thinking to himself, Well, just throw it out. Throw it out. It'll take too much time, too much effort to try to rebuild it. Just go ahead. Uh, uh, just get you another lump of clay and start again. Just take that and throw it out. And I can see here the word of God come and say, Oh no, Jeremiah. That's not what I do. That's not how I do it. Uh, I don't take things that is broken and just chunk them aside and says they're no good anymore. They're not worth anything anymore. I'm not going to take the time or effort to heal them up anymore. I'll just start over. Ain't you glad God didn't throw you out this morning? We've all been broken. We've all been outside. We've all been marred. But thank God took the time and put us back on that wheel and reshaped and reformed us this morning amen I'm glad he didn't throw the clay away this morning now, now I'm not talking about the time before I got saved I'm talking about the time after I got saved I've never I, I never I not had, I have had not always walked contrary to the word of God I haven't always been what God wanted me to be. And there are times I, I ran from God. And there's some times I thought things I shouldn't have thought. And, I, and God should have thrown me away. God should have chunked me in the heat pile and said, hey, uh, you're not worth it. But thank God he loved me enough to put me back on the mill and said, hey, there's something good inside of you. He doesn't throw the clay away. Can you guess on what I'm preaching on this morning? I'm not preaching on the wheel. I'm not even preaching on the potter. Preaching on vessels that God does not throw away. Oh, thank God. I am so glad that God does not throw vessels away. Amen. I've been there. I've been through that. He keeps working. He keeps standing. He keeps molding. And I'm so glad that he doesn't throw them away this morning. I've been the broken vessels on many occasions. And I've needed the hand of a tenderly God to touch me. And do something in my life after I messed it up. Vessels that God does not throw away this morning. You say, preacher, what kind of vessels that God does not throw away this morning? 
Well, let me tell you. First of all, God does not throw vessels away. According to this text, disobedient vessels. Disobedient vessels. Look at text in verse number 7 and 8. There are some vessels that have been disobedient and God is giving them the opportunity to return. At what instant shall I speak concerning a nation, concerning a kingdom to pluck up and pull down and to destroy it? If that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. Here in the text, God's just because they have been the, the disobedient doesn't mean I won't forgive them. It doesn't mean that if they, if they repent that, and get right that I won't bring them back in. Just because they messed up don't mean that I'll wash my hands of them. If they get right, I'll take them back. I'll reform them. I, I will reshape them. Uh, this disobedient, uh, disobedient is a scourge to a child of God this morning. It, it leads to separation from us and our Savior. Rebellion is a sin of witchcraft, the Bible tells us. It is something that God can't stand this morning. God is looking for some obedient vessels. You know, I'm military. I love military. I love military soldiers. I served with General Patton's grandson, George S. Patton III, and I got to know a lot about his granddaddy. His granddaddy was a good, good soldier. He was gung-ho. He wanted to do things right. I read in his memoirs when he, when he wrote that book and everything, and I read in his memoirs, and he said what he would do. He said, uh, when I was looking to promote some people, what I would do, I'd get all those around me that I wanted to promote to the lieutenants and all them to, to promote them. I'd gather them around, and I'd say, hey, I want you to do this. I, I want you to go down behind that shack there. I want you to dig me a ditch uh, uh, 13 feet long, 4 feet wide, and 6 inches deep. And he'd send them off there. And he said what he would do, he will stand off to the side where they couldn't see him. He'll watch them. He will watch them. He said, inevitably at the time, somebody's going to stand up and say, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? And he said, somebody else will stand up and say, hey, why don't we get some machinery down here and do this? And then some would say, it's too hot to do this. Some would say, hey, what good is this ditch? You can't put a gun battery in it. You can't hide from anybody. It's only six inches deep. What, why are we doing this? And he said, edibly, somebody will stand up and say this. It doesn't matter what he wants. It doesn't matter what it looks like. He said it, and we're just going to do it. He said, that's the one I'll promote. That's the one I'll promote. 
You know what God is looking for? Some obedient Christians today, some obedient vessels. He's looking at for some to say, hey, God, you said it. It settled it. I believe it. I'm just going to do it. Amen. Hey, we got, we got too many Christians today that want to argue with God. Lord, why do we need to do that? God, we don't need to do that. God, I just don't think that's right. Uh, we got too many of the Christians that argue with God and, and try to uh, debate God. God is just looking for vessels that say, Lord, you said it. I believe it. That settle it. We're going to do it. You may not understand why. But you need to just be obedient. All of us can have been thrown away this morning. Amen. All of us can have been thrown away this morning. Broken vessels. Look at old Jonah. Talking about a disobedient vessel. The Lord comes by one day and said, Jonah, son of Amatite, go down to Nineveh. I want you to proclaim to them that said the Lord. And the Bible said that Jonah rose up and he fled. Now, he fled to Joppa. None of us up there and Joppa's down there. Jonah went directly in the opposite direction that God had told him to go. Jonah was a rebellious. He said, I'm not going to do that. He didn't want to go there. You might be sitting here this morning saying, Preacher, I'm like Jonah. I've been disobedient. I have walked contrary to God. God has told me to do this, do that. God said, go here, and I went there. I, I want someone else, and I've done something else different. God said, don't do this, and I did that, and I was disobedient. You know what Jonah found out? There's consequences to being disobedient. Jonah ended up in the belly of a whale in the bottom of the deep blue sea. And he had a heart to heart to God. He said, out of the belly of... Cried, I, hell I. And he said, I call unto the Lord, and he heard me. He said, I'm sorry. God didn't allow the fish to swallow him up and be done with it. The Lord caused the fish to spat him, puke him up on the shores, and he went. And if you read Jonah chapter 3 and verse number 1, and the Lord and the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. You and I would have been done with Jonah right in the very first time. Jonah, if we were God, <coughs> we'd have said, Jonah, I, I told you to do this, and, and you disobeyed me. You ran away. You fleed from me. I'm through with you, Jonah. I'll find me somebody else. I'll find me another prophet. My back is turned to you. We would be just like that, but not God. 
the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. Amen. And because, listen to me, because he had a heart-to-heart -heart with God in a place that he didn't want to be, in a condition he didn't want to be, maybe that's what God's got to get you and I into sometimes, in a place that we don't want to be, in a condition we don't want to be, that we should say, hey, oh God, forgive me. I'm sorry. I've been disobedient. And God will come to you the second time. And you know what happened? Jonah got out of that whale's belly, went to Nineveh, proclaimed the name of the Lord. And he's warning them the destruction that's coming. And 120,000 people got right with God. Amen. Amen. God still can use disobedient vessels. He didn't disregard him, didn't kick him to heat pile. I'm so glad that God still can use disobedient vessels. God doesn't throw them away. God loves you and I this morning. Even though in our disobedient time, God loves us this morning. Well, he don't throw disobedient vessels away. What else? He doesn't throw doubting vessels away. Here in the text, God tells, tells Israel this in verse number 6, O house of Israel, can I not do you as the potter? said the Lord. Behold, as the day is the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. In other words, he's telling them this. It's almost they don't believe what God is saying, what God is doing. It's, it's like he's shown them this illustration. They said, well, you can do that with the clay, but you can't do that with me. Don't doubt what God can do. Don't doubt what God can do this morning. Talking about somebody that doubted. One of God's chosen vessels. One of the greatest men that wore shoe leather. Doubted just, because, just before he died. John the Baptist. You know the story. He comes out of the wilderness. Spitting fire. Pointing his fingers, jumped up on a stump and told him, you vipers. Oh, said, oh, you generation of vipers who have warned you to flee from the wrath to come. They, they, this man came out and was shooting with both barrels. He didn't let back anything. He didn't look right. He was a woolly booger. And let me tell you what, he had the Spirit of God on him. He came out and get everything he had. And God had chosen this man. John, the one who said, Behold, the Lamb of God, let's take away the sin of the world. He, he knew who Jesus was when he saw him. But John doubted. John was thrown into prison, preaching against Herod and Herodias. They came and told him, John, the works of the Lord while he was in prison. And this is what he said. 
Now, he's already recognized Jesus as the Son of Lamb, which takes the sin away of the world. He said, go ask him. Art thou he that we should come, or do we look for another? John is having a moment of doubt in prison. We've all sat where John has sat before. I've had the Word of God in my hand. There have been many times, even after I read the Word of God, preached the Word of God, and there has been times that I have doubted my heart and in my life the Word of God. But you know the reason why there's doubting? I wasn't living like I should. If I believe it, then I should live the way the Word says. I, I would get in some dark place in my life and I would say, God, what's going on here? You have been there before. Lord, how come this has happened to me? What's going on? Lord, how come I'm in this shape that I'm in? You know the truth? If you and I was God, we wouldn't put up with such a thing. We wouldn't put up with such insolence. We'd say, forget you, John. You recognize me. You baptize me. You heard the voice of God. Now you're doubting me. Forget you, John. Forget you, John. Jesus sent his disciples back to him. It says, say this, the blind receive sight, the lame walk, the leap, leopards are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. They ran and tell, and when they left to go tell John, Jesus did turn to the crowd and say, hey, boy, that man sure did doubt of me. That sure man, that man just didn't, he just held on, he didn't hold on to the very end. He, he had doubt in his life. Jesus didn't do that. He turned to the crowd and says, them that are born of women, then none have risen a greater than that of John the Baptist. That old doubter, the one that had questioned, are you him? John may have lost faith in Jesus, but Jesus never lost faith in John. John had made had doubted who Jesus was, but Jesus never doubted who John was. John, he knew John loved him with all his heart. You may have doubt. That's all right. God knows our frame. God knows our frame. And he still loves you this morning. He doesn't throw away disobedient vessels. He doesn't throw away diso, uh, 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 doubting vessels. He doesn't throw away discouraged vessels. Turn over to chapter 24, man. Look where this, the place where this preacher Jeremiah got to. 
You may say, I've been discouraged. I've been discouraged this morning. Is God through with me? No. The Bible said they arrested Jeremiah. Put him in stocks. Locked him up. And watch what he tells the Lord in a moment of honesty in his life. Chapter 20, verse number 7. He said, O Lord, Thou hast deceived me. I was deceived. He is so discouraged that he's accusing the Lord of deceiving him. I don't know how honest you are with your prayer life, but I'll have to be honest with you this morning. There have been times I would, Lord, I don't know what is going on. I don't like it. I don't like the way you've done it, Lord. He, he, he says, you deceive me. And he says, thou art stronger than I and hast prevailed. And I am the, the risen daily. Everyone mocked me for since I spake, I cried out. I cried violence and spoil because the word of the Lord was made reproach unto me and in risen every daily. Daily. What would he saying is then Lord said, then, then, he, then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more of his name. He has gotten so discouraged that he turns his back papers in, he turns his ordination papers in, he walks away, he said, I'm through with this. I know, I know exactly where this man is at. He felt God had done him wrong. He said, I feel when I look at the wicked, they got everything going for them. And here am I am doing what you have told me to do. And it's all gone south for me. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do to God. I, I ain't going to mention your name anymore. For the rest of my life, I'm just going to turn away from you and I'm not going to say another thing about you. I'm not going to speak out your words. I'm not going to mention your name no more. It's almost like the Lord said, you don't mean it, Jeremiah. Jeremiah said, yes, I do. I mean it. I mean it. He said in chapter 1 of Jeremiah, it says, you have called me when I was a child. He said, you try to tell me, uh, I try to tell you then that I, I don't want to do this. He said, the Lord says, don't worry about it, I'll speak for you. I'll take care of that. I'll fix it for you. Jeremiah said, you called me into this thing and now I'm looking for a way out. You, you called me to preach. You called me to spread the gospel. You called me to proclaim the name of Jesus, but I want out now. I don't like the way it's going, God. I don't like the way I'm being treated, God. God said, you want out, Jeremiah? Yes, I want out. But one thing, Jeremiah, if you're out, you get out. You can't say nothing about me no more. 
You can't use my words anymore. You can't use my name anymore, Jeremiah. Jeremiah said, that's a done deal. That's a done deal. If you go over to chapter number 38, Yelabed Midlech, they lifted Jeremiah out of that dungeon with a rope. I imagine when he gets out of that dungeon, I, I, I imagine when they pull him up out of that dungeon and they set him on the hedge, he's, I'm so glad I'm out there. Praise God. Oh, Jeremiah! You can't say that. We made a deal. You're not going to mention my name no more, Jeremiah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I, and I see him as he's walking away from that. He says, thank God. Jeremiah! No, you can't praise me no more. You can't call my name out anymore. Yes, Lord. I see Jeremiah going through this battle in his mind. If you walk long enough with the Lord, if you live for the Lord long enough, you can't get him out of you. You can't get him out of you. See, Jeremiah couldn't even go ten words without saying something about God. Without getting him in the conversation. You can't do that if you walk with the Lord long enough. And that old discouraged prophet said, but his word was in my heart. As a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary and forbearing. And I could not stay. I had to mention his name. It's burning inside of me. I can't shut up about it. You'll never find out to this that Jeremiah gets discouraged. Jeremiah tries to get out. Why? You know what will help you through discouraging seasons. And we're going to go through discouraging seasons. You and I will go through them. He said his word was in my heart. What will help you through your discouraging season is what you put in your heart right now. What do you put in there right now? It will get you through the discouraging seasons that you'll come down the road if you haven't taken enough in when times get rough you're going to drop out you're not going to stay in there but if this book is in your heart right now it will help you get through the discouraging seasons of life he doesn't throw away disobedient vessels. He doesn't throw away doubting vessels. He doesn't throw away discouraging vessels. He doesn't throw away doom 
vessels. Turn to Acts chapter 9 for me. We'll finish up with Acts chapter 9. I'm almost through. Somebody got a steak dinner this morning, lunch this morning? If you have, invite me. He doesn't throw away doomed vessels. In Acts chapter 9 is a very familiar story. You know it. You could read it. You could see it. So you turn there. It's the Damascus Road. It's talking about Saul. His experience on the Damascus Road. It is Saul that's in Acts chapter later, 9 later becoming Paul. And you know what kind of vessel Paul was? According to his own words in Ephesians chapter 2, he says he was a child of wrath even as others. He had no hope, and he was without God. He was dead in his trespasses and sins. That's who he was. That's who he says I am. That's what he says he is. He was a vessel fitted for hell. If you're not saved this morning, if you're not right with God, then you are a vessel fitted for the lake of fire this morning. You're not fitted for heaven because you ain't been washed by the blood. If you're a vessel that is lost and fit for hell, you are made in the image of Adam this morning. Sinful, wicked, fitted for hell. Well, preacher, if that's my case, then what can happen to me? Well, we read it in Jeremiah. When God can make the vessel over again, that's marred, that's broken, that's filled with evil stuff. God can make that vessel over again. He can change where you're heading to. Amen. 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 Look at verse number 15. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way. Talking about Ananias. For he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. Paul said he was a child of wrath, heading to hell without God. But look what God said about him. God has spoken to this man, Ananias. Go speak to Paul. Go speak to Paul. And tell him, for he is a chosen vessel vessel God chose them you're a chosen vessel unto me, unto me to bear my name you're a chosen vessel this morning unto God to bear his name this morning amen can I say this this morning that was you and I this morning I was fitted for hell. You were fitted for hell. I was a vessel that should have went to hell. But thank God, one glorious day, God just didn't throw me away. God just didn't take this doomed vessel and kick it aside to lake the fire as your home. You're good for nothing but for hell. No, no, no. He came by and dealt with my heart and resurrected me in His image. And He put me, He changed me, He put Him inside of me. And now I said, I'm not a doomed vessel anymore. I am fit for heaven now. You don't have to go to hell. God can change your destination this morning. 
All you had to do is be on that potter's wheel and let him remold you into Christ's image this morning. You may have been disobedient. You may have been doubting. You may have been discouraged. You may have been doomed. And thinking that nobody cares this morning. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says somebody cared. Somebody cares about you this morning. Jesus cares about you this morning. The church cares about you this morning. I care about you this morning. Don't walk out of here and sin. God has tossed me aside. Hell is my home. Because Jesus cares. Jesus remolds. Jesus reshapes. And he reframes you to what he wants you to be in.